Hi, and welcome to Australia Academy Dern History Department GCSE podcast. These series of podcasts will focus on the four units studied at Australia Academy Dern, those being Medicine Through Time, American West, Early Elizabethan England, and the Weimar and Nazi Germany. If you're not an Australia Academy Dern student, or you don't currently study these units, then these podcasts probably aren't going to be that useful to you. Before I begin, it's also worth mentioning that these podcasts are not meant to replace your exercise books, textbooks, other revision materials, or other forms of media revision, such as YouTube. The purpose of these podcasts is to fill those 5-10 to minutes that you have whilst you're waiting for your tea to be ready, or whilst you're walking to school or waiting for the bus. If you have any questions about what I'm discussing, feel free to find me on Twitter at atcohistory or on Instagram at thetieguy underscore teacher. So this is episode 2 of series 2, Weimar and Nazi Germany. If you haven't listened to episode 1 on the Treaty of Versailles and the Weimar government, then have a listen after this episode. This episode will focus on the key events of one year, that year being 1923, a year that disrupted and shaped the Weimar Republic like no other. The first of the three events to occur in 1923 would actually last over two years, the invasion and occupation of the Ruhr. With the Treaty of Versailles stating that Germany had to pay £6.6 billion in reparations, the government was struggling to keep up with the regular payments. Therefore, they asked the French if they could take a payment break. When this was refused, Germany started to falter on their repayments. With no money coming in, the French and Belgian government decided that they should invade the heavily industrialised area of the Ruhr. This could be seen as the 1920s equivalent of sending the bailiffs round. The French arrived armed and ready for resistance. In the two years that the Ruhr was occupied, 130 German civilians were killed. Obviously the German government were not happy about the occupation and so encouraged passive resistance, i.e. going on strike. The idea was that if the workers were not doing their job, then the French would not be able to make the Ruhr as productive as possible. However, this threw up a new problem. If the workers were on strike, then they wouldn't get paid. Therefore, as it was the government who were asking the workers to go on strike, they had to find a way of paying them. The way the government chose to do this was via printing more money. This, as I'll discuss in a minute, would have a devastating effect and consequence on Germany. Eventually, in August 1925, the French and the Belgians left the Ruhr as the Germans agreed to a new deal known as the Dawes Plan. This is something I'll discuss in greater detail in episode 3. As I mentioned a few moments ago, the invasion of the Ruhr had a major economic consequence for Germany. A country that was already struggling economically due to war debt and the reparations was about to send themselves into turmoil by printing new money to pay the wages of the workers on strike. This creates a major problem because if there are too many banknotes in the country without a gold reserve to back it up, it creates something called hyperinflation. The hyperinflation that occurred in Germany in the early 1920s and peaked in 1923 was one of the most extreme cases of inflation. In 1918, a loaf of bread would cost you one mark. By 1923, that same loaf of bread would now cost you 200 billion marks. This didn't mean that people couldn't afford to eat. Wages were also increasing to match the inflation. It simply threw up the inconvenience of having to bring a wheelbarrow full of cash to the shop in order to purchase small amounts of food. People with cash savings lost everything. Whereas before 1918, the money people had saved was worth something significant, 
1923 it could purchase just the smallest of items. Those who would invest their wealth in property or land were safe as this also increased in value. Those who lent money to others were not getting the same value back, but those who borrowed could easily pay it back. Hyperinflation also meant that any foreign trade was even more hampered as other nations were unwilling to trade in marks as the value was not stable. Things get so desperate that in cafes, menus would not display the prices of their products as by the time you arrived to the time you were ready to pay, the price of your coffee would have risen several times. This economic problem was eventually solved by Gustav Stresemann, who created a new German currency to replace the old marks. But this is something I'll discuss in episode 3 when I begin to discuss the golden years. As well as economic problems, hyperinflation also threw up a political problem. Many extreme parties looked at what the government was doing and decided that the Weimar Republic were not up to the task. One of these parties was the right-winged National Socialist Party, also known as the Nazi Party. Led by Adolf Hitler, the Nazis decided that they could do a better job at running Germany and staged a political coup. This was known as the Munich Putsch. The plan was simple. The Nazi Party would first take control of Munich, the main power hold of southern Germany. Once Munich had fallen, they would then march on Berlin and take full control of the country. However, there were two main problems with Hitler's plan. Firstly, the Nazi party were not considered a popular party, certainly not popular enough to have the whole of the German people on their side. Therefore, Hitler had to first unite the other right-winged parties under his control, something that was not very popular with the leaders of the other parties. The second problem occurred when the leaders of the other parties, who were forced at gunpoint to go along with the plan, asked if they could make a phone call to their wives to explain to them what had happened. So they didn't worry. However, they called the local authorities instead, and when Hitler emerged from the beer hall to march on the government, the army was waiting. They opened fire on the Nazis. Hitler was wounded, arrested, and eventually sentenced to five years in prison for treason. Now, although Hitler would only serve nine months of this sentence, it took him and his party out of the spotlight and allowed the Weimar government the opportunity to re-establish itself. So, that's the end of this revision podcast. Just a short one for you today. Um, I hope you found it useful. If so, make sure you subscribe so you're notified of when the future episodes are released. Episode 3 will be coming to you very soon and will focus on the golden years. Also, if there is a subtopic within the four units that I mentioned at the start that you'd like me to cover that I haven't covered yet, message me on Twitter or Instagram and I'll see what I can do. Now, give yourselves a pat on the back for completing this small part of your revision and make sure you keep it up. Until next time, continue to work hard and make your own history.